Good afternoon, golfers, and welcome to Club Pro Chatter number eight. Happy Mother's Day. We are recording on Mother's Day uh, this year, or this podcast. And uh, we'd like to welcome everybody to Club Pro Chatter, brought to you by the Minnesota Section PGA and the Section's charitable arm, PGA Reach. Once again, this is Greg Snow, head pro at the Olivia Golf Club, along with my co-host, Scotty McDonald, head pro of Minnewaska Golf Club, which is exactly where we're at today, Pope County, Glenwood, Minnesota, Minnewaska Golf Club. Scotty, we finally have one of these on somebody's home turf so i expect you to dominate here okay knowing okay. that this is I'm, your your country land here I, I like it uh we'll have to make it on our way down to olivia soon um yeah we're at the seat of pope county you drove by the yep. courthouse went through the one stoplight in all of pope county so beautiful road oh yeah it's, it's how one, new is that um last year and they're gonna be tearing up the entire stretch to Starbucks, so we, we've got a little construction even out here in Pope County. So. Yeah, but that was probably a city road, so not uh, not the county roads that I'm dealing with. With Larry Linder, one of your commissioners who I've gotten to know. Larry's not a member. Does he play I'll golf? I'll talk to Larry about <laughs> okay, that. I perfect. think he does play a little golf, but I don't think he lives in Waska. No, no. So anyways, I'm glad to be here. I come up and play golf and let you beat me quite a bit, and we're going to have a match later this afternoon after we're done with this, and... Uh, I hope that uh, I can perform as well as I did in our first podcast, if you recall, at Sox Center. Yes, I think you beat me. That might be the last time you beat me. I, thank you. You're probably okay. right. Okay, let's uh, get off to the hot topic of apologies. Go ahead, Scotty. Take it away. We're ready. You nailed it last last time. So. Last time was probably our best. This, <laughs> it's going to be top tough to top. So Good luck. I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. Oh, I am for real. Never meant to make your daughter cry. I apologize a trillion times. I usually come in with stuff, but I didn't even know that That's song. That's Outcast. Do you even know who Outcast no, is? No, I don't okay. even know. You know I don't know people who sing the songs. I just kind of know the songs. You're not a rap fan, and this is borderline rap, so I oh, get Oh, that's what... Well, you did pretty well with it. All right, Scotty, you go first. I went last time, so nail an apology for I've us. only got one, but it's a very Finally, you got a limited number. It's a very big one. Tim Johnson, I did it once again. I did it to Jesse Nelson, and now I've done it to Tim Johnson. I put the jinx on him saying, yeah, Tim's seventh alternate. He's probably going to get into the PNC, and he was fourth alternate when they teed off or when we teed off on Sunday, the first round. So, Timmy, I apologize, and, you know, I think you've got a great chance at the preserve. It's right in your backyard this year for the section championship. So hopefully he gets through for 2020. And um, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I I guess I can't make any more predictions. Did Tim fly down to Belfair? He did not. And okay. we were talking about that. If you were the first alternate, would you have flown down and been that guy sitting on the first tee? Just praying somebody sprains their wrist? Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> on the driving range? Or maybe you take accidentally trip somebody so <laughs> so you get in? Or what, what What do you think? I was an alternate one time at the, uh, the Pro Series events at Port St. Lucie. Yes. It's not a fun place to be at. No. No, it's but, kind of weird, isn't it? Jack and I were going to go play golf somewhere else if we didn't get in, and yep. we assumed we weren't because we were apprentices at that time, not associates as they're called now. Yes. But we were apprentices, and so our chances of getting in were, were not good. But they were like, yeah, just hang out on the driving range. We'll let you know if somebody you know sprains an ankle or hurts their back or whatever, but it didn't happen. Hey, unbelievable. We didn't talk about our apologies, but my apology goes to the same family. Okay. It's unbelievable. Okay. I didn't even tell you. I didn't even let you know about this because you're like, Greg, do you have any apologies? I said, oh, yeah. So my apology is to Kellyanne Johnson, Tim's wife. Wife, yes. yes. She, I saw her yesterday on the beverage cart, and she keeps telling me, when is the next podcast? She keeps saying it. When is the next podcast? I wanted to apologize to her for not having more frequency of these podcasts. She's our number one fan. Really? She absolutely loves us. One of 20 okay. fans, apparently. <laughs> well, we, we're going to get more, but she's on top notch, and she got out of the beverage cart. She gave me a hug. She's like, make sure that you mention me on the on the podcast. I'm like, absolutely, because she always, when she sees me, or she even texts me, when's the next one? When's yeah. the podcast? So you must we, do something really good here, Scott. We got to do a better job of coordinating this. They should maybe find two people that are less busy to be the hosts of this. You don't think the hour and a half difference between us is a problem? That's a problem, and your schedule is a very big problem. 
Uh, Maggie could probably do a podcast every single day, but you and I have like two days a month. But well, we, we want them wanting, so yes. this is good. That's yes. okay. All right, let's move on. We've got a guest in-house today, none other than the superintendent here at Minnewaska by the name of Brady Scott. Brady, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks. It's Brady, nice to be here. Yeah. yeah, so now, Brady, you are, um, is Scott your boss, technically, or how does it work, or do you answer to the board? <laughs> I'm kind of wondering. <laughs> <clears throat> he likes to say he is, I suppose, but uh, no, no. I answer to the board. We're teammates. Oh, yeah. praise and the he, Lord! He gives, I... uh, yeah, he's a good reference to come to to uh, to get what the course needs as far as the maintenance. Uh, you know, whatever we need. For I needed to know that because I don't want to ask any awkward questions that would put you two like in a bad position where you kind of look at each other. But now I kind of know the guideline and the parameters, and I can ask my questions accordingly. Greg, we actually have. Brady's yearly review after this podcast, and I'm giving it to him. No, I, no, I'm joking. <laughs> I was gonna say I thought we had golf lined up. Uh, yes, we're golfing after this, but no, Brady and I are total teammates. Um, you know, it's it's great because he can bounce ideas off of me, and I can bounce ideas off of him. And I think you know this is year two of us working together. And I think it's going great. I hope Brady feels that way. Uh, Scott just looked at Brady after he said that, kind of wondering, oh, boy, I hope I didn't say something I shouldn't have. <laughs> so, Brady, maybe you could answer. How? What is it like working with Scott? Uh, it's great. Um, working with a competitive golfer, is uh, it's, it's interesting because he knows exactly the way a course should play, and that's what I like to hear. When I, when I come to the clubhouse, I generally ask, what does the course need? Um, and I can usually figure it out, you know, from there. Whether the greens need to be firmed up, sped up, um, that, that's about it. Yeah, he's a good reference. Um, why don't you tell the listeners kind of your background? Because obviously you're from Maine. A lot of people aren't going to know that. And so y- your family now lives about 35 minutes north of here uh, in Garfield, not far from me. So kind of tell them how you got to Minnewaska, because it's, it's, it's kind of a, a long road. I mean, you've been in the business, what now, over 15 years? Yeah, I guess now closer to, closer to 20, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, my, the long road to, to Minnewaska Golf Club, it came by the way of Maine. Um, I was a runner in high school among playing basketball, um, but that brought me to Mankato, never stepped foot on Minnesota soil until I went to Mankato and ran for them. I uh, ran for them for a few years, um, but then I ended up transferring away back to the University of Massachusetts, get a little closer to home, closer to my family, and I got my turf degree there. And then from there, uh, after I got my degree, I moved back to Minnesota, and my first Minnesota golf course job was Minnesota Valley Country Club down in Bloomington in the Metro. Uh, very nice course. Um, my boss, Mike Brower, uh, very good to work under him. Gave a very good education on what it took not only to maintain a golf course, but to keep the members happy. Uh, it was his daily um, daily job um, goal was to make the membership happy. And to maintain a golf course and make the membership happy is very difficult. And he was able to do it then, and he's still able to do it now. And um, I was there for about six years. And then moved on to Baker National um, in Medina, Minnesota, which is just west of Plymouth by about 10 minutes or so. Um, Great public golf course there. Great property. Big property, about 300 acres um, of park reserve. Very private. It's um, a fantastic, fantastic property. Uh, I was there for about 12 years. The last two of which were a little over a year, I suppose, was um, superintendent there. And then... In this whole big scheme of my golf course profession, uh, I got married, had kids. My wife's family grew up, or my wife, I should say, grew up uh, north of the cities here in Brandon, Minnesota, which is up by Alexandria. And um, as soon as we had kids, that was kind of the, kind of the, it, we ended up getting, uh, the draw was to be closer to family. And that was um, a big part of our a uh, big part of our life was was family, and mine is far away. Hers, uh, we just wanted to get a little closer. So um, it all worked out. This this job came open. I uh, went from Baker up to Minnewaska, and it's been been great. 
been great ever since. Well, Brady, I will add that Scott has really enjoyed having you in all seriousness. He has loved having you as superintendent of this place. So I will say that, and he did not pay me to say that. I, that I came up with on my own, but that's what I've heard from him. And you know, we spend a lot of time together. Yes. Yeah. And, oh, and it's great. It's That's very, very important from what I've seen at the the places that I've been, uh, the relationship between the maintenance staff and the clubhouse staff, that, that's a must. It, it, it has to run smoothly between the two, and uh, everybody needs to get along between the two uh, and, and here and my other two places that, that has been the case. So. When you were at Minnesota Valley, did you know our good friend uh, Mike Sustad? Does that name ring a bell? He was an assistant pro there for, I think, one year, okay. maybe two. So maybe you didn't meet him. Their paths but might have crossed. Might have crossed. We talked about that. Okay, yeah. that would have been great if you. Now you'd be like, I hate that guy. That would have been oh, awesome. No, no, no. no. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the big topic, and what we wanted to bring you in here for is because we're kind of sheltered here on the outsides. Olivia Golf Club came through the winter absolutely money. I mean, perfect. Greens are perfect. Tee boxes are perfect. Uh, there's a few brown patches in the rough. Not a big deal. I mean, not, so of course, in my mind, Brady. Every course came through good, right? And we all have different budgets. We all have different things. But then I ended up at a tournament this spring, and I had my eyes opened to, whoa, to a place that probably has a lot bigger budget than us. Could you explain to us of how does that happen? I mean, it obviously can't be the amount of money you throw into it because you're just like, well, you should have just put more chemical down. Well, that obviously can't be the answer when you see what we saw. So help us out with that. How do we get to winter kill and what, what are some of the steps that happen where we see that? Sure. <clears throat> very, very good question. And it's on a lot of people's minds. Um, the big reason this year is because it happened to the Metro. Uh, the, the bulk of the population is in the Metro. A lot, a lot of golf courses and a lot, a lot of great golf courses are in the Metro. Um, it doesn't only happen there. You know, I tell you what, it happened uh, more towards the, Duluth, Brainerd area last year, and it was just devastating. Um, and when this happens, everybody's asking the question, why did it happen? First place they look, the superintendent and the maintenance crew, they did something wrong. Um, and that's not the case at all. So basically the message I'm going to get, I'm, I'm trying to get across, is that nobody did anything wrong here. Um, this was predicted in the winter time. I voiced my concern with the board and our monthly board meetings all winter long that I just, you know, I was hoping the Metro courses come through because um, they, the, the, the main problem was the rain that happened just after Christmas. And I guess, you know, depending on where you were in the Metro, you received different amounts. The problem was you got the rain and then it froze, froze solid in a hurry. So it didn't have enough time that that water that was there didn't have enough time to run off. Uh, very unique situations where you hear of uh, um, the the runoff actually freezing on side hills. So that's how fast it froze. And then there was never a warm-up throughout the rest of the winter. So just because you get rain doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have winter kill. Um, if you get a thaw later on in the winter, that could be just enough to make your ice porous enough for the grass to breathe. So you will not... Um, have have the kill that they had, but it just never did. It was such a cold winter. The ice stayed all year, and then uh, and then that, that's basically what caused it. So so then to to back up just a little bit, um, the courses that you're seeing this happen on are the I'll, I'll say the older courses. It's it's not necessarily a high budget low budget thing. Uh, it's these older courses that have this certain type of grass, poa. Poa annua, um, annual bluegrass. That is the cause. Um, the courses that had done some sort of renovations to their greens and um, completely switched it over to a full bent grass aren't seeing any issues whatsoever. And um, these renovations are paying for themselves in a year like this. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll be honest. We had Luther one, which we'll talk about a little bit down the road, but at Olympic Hills, and Olympic Hills was fabulous but they've got new turf i mean every i've talked to hazel team came through great um all the places that have that new turf they not necessarily are new clubs they just have new turf i think that's the the biggest thing i mean yeah it's 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 high-end private clubs it's it's public clubs but if you've got that old turf it's you're not immune to it 
Yes, and that that's that's exactly the thing. And it's it's um, you can say the old turf, but it, bent grass will withstand winter better than the poa. And poa is for us in this area. It is a weed. The definition of a weed is a is an unwanted plant uh, that competes with the plants you want. And poa is exactly the definition of a weed. You go to other parts of the country, it is not a weed. It is the desired grass on the West Coast. You go to some of the tournament courses, that is all they have on their greens is poa. They do not get the cold winters, they do not have ice cover, and they do not get the extreme heats in the summertime. Um, and it's a very, very good grass to put on. But in the, these winter climates, this poa can only withstand ice cover uh, for 45 to 60 days. And that was the problem here, is that we had that, the ice cover started, let's just say January 1st, and you, the, the clock is ticking from that point on. Bent grass can be under ice for double that, you know, 90 to 100 days, so 120 days. So it's, um, it's, it's like night and day coming out of winter. There are areas that are dead, and then the good grass is alive. Brady, Scotty and I, we don't, uh, we don't have a lot of things that keep us up at night, but I can imagine that this is one of them for a soup, so... You wake up in the morning or you get to the spring, this happens. Talk us through how a superintendent gets through this. What is he, I mean, he's obviously losing sleep over this stuff. What are his processes to kind of get a course back into shape besides telling the board over and over again it wasn't his fault? What are some things that he has to do (laughs) to get the course back to where he'd like it? Yeah, so even to go back even further, when I told you that, you know, you could almost predict that something like this was about to happen if there was not a warm-up in february to melt all this ice off this was going to be a problem so um a lot of people ask me what do you do in the winter time well it's pretty nerve-wracking to be a superintendent in the winter time because you feel pretty helpless your mother nature is in charge year-round in charge but winter time for sure in charge so you're going out to the greens and you're scraping the snow off and you're um, you know, you're digging down to the ice and, and taking a hole cutter and actually cutting the ice off and taking a plug back into your office and warming it up and seeing if there's any grass that's alive. And if there isn't any grass alive, you're calling up the seed company. And this is, I'm talking about, you know, February before the snow even melts. You're, you're trying to plan that far ahead. Um, so, you know, that's, that's kind of the thought. When the snow does melt and the ice does melt and you go out there and you can smell it right away, it's not a good, it's not a good smell. It doesn't look good, and that's the other problem is everything else around you is starting to really get green, and just the contrast of the dead white grass is, is such a contrast. Right away, it doesn't put any different. It just looks different, um, and you just know you're, you're in for a, a real challenge. Um, the biggest thing is you got to get some seed down right away, and that's what these guys, uh, they're, they're out there it's amazing the the skill level of these superintendents right now and the maintenance crew it's coming through um they get so creative on how to get the seed the bent grass seed into the profile that's what you need to see the soil contact so you're out there you're poking holes um quarter inch deep getting that seed down in to the soil the problem right now nothing is germinating this bent grass is you know, anywhere from 60 to 65 degrees soil temp is what that really needs to germinate. And we're just not seeing that. So that's where the delay of this recovery is happening right now. The poa, on the other hand, there's an endless amount of poa seed in that soil right now. So as soon as you mess with the soil profile and you start you know, scratching around and poking holes, now you're exposing those poa seeds that will germinate at a lower temperature. Um, to to germinate so right now these guys are just hoping that anything green comes through just start just start growing yeah uh so obviously mother nature is the biggest thing with the heat and how fast the recovery can be talk a little bit because there's a lot of courses and i think this is the first maybe the first year i've heard of it that have these portable greenhouses on their greens right now yes so yep and that's what I mean when, when I'm saying guys are getting creative and um, you, you're, you're tempted to throw a lot of money at this to try to, to try to get it to germinate. And there again, it's all about the soil temperatures. That It's pretty cut and dry. You need the soil temperatures to be high enough for that seed to germinate. And that's what these guys are doing. They're, they're either putting a cover down that will 
increase the soil temperature. They're, they're building these greenhouses, and that's what they're doing. They're um, blowing. The, they've got a heater, a propane heater, and they're blowing these covers up like a dome greenhouse, trying to get the, the temperature underneath those covers to, to warm up so that that grass will germinate. And it's a waiting game. And, um, and even if you do get germination and it comes through well, um, the, the whole season, it's going, it's going to be a challenge because what you find is the established areas that survived, they're going to be healthy. They're going to be dense. They're going to be thick. Um, and then the areas that died, it, it goes right down to the dirt. So they're, when you're putting through, even though there's going to be nice green grass, um, the guys are going to be out there hand top dressing on these dead areas to try to build that back up so that when you're putting across it, um, you're not going to see a difference in your ball roll. And right now, there, there's going to be um that 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 time you just it time will heal and yeah. uh, <laughs> it's an old saying but that that's just the way it's got to be well brady i know you guys are a tight fraternity just like the pga pros are you know with the gcsa and i'm sure you talked gc i, I left a lot there. <laughs> yeah i know you are with yeah. with those people so i'm sure that they're calling you or talking to you or you're probably got some friends that you're like mm, how you doing hope you're Hope you're uh, sleeping at night. Yes, and and there again, nobody wishes this on anybody. You're hoping well wishes for everybody because um, this year it was the rain and the ice. Next year it could be totally something totally different. It could be cold, cold temperatures and and uh, windy and no snow. And every region ends up getting hit at some point. So um, yeah, hope hope for a quick recovery for them down there, and I hope you know they're supportive of us in the future when. When it happens, it will. Yeah. It'll happen to us. It'll happen to everyone. Well, Brady, thank you a ton for joining us and giving us your knowledge about the golf course and the grasses. And uh, I think a lot of our listeners will appreciate that. Many of them will be board members someday, you know, at a club. And hopefully they can use some of this stuff because we've heard horror stories yes. of people losing their jobs over this stuff when they really have zero control over it, as you mentioned here today. Correct. Yep. Yep. There's uh, very little control. This uh, weed, if you will, it just comes in. It's golfer's feet equipment it just comes in and you can do what you can to try to keep it out but um it is um it's a marvel what this poa has been able to do they found it in the arctic circle they found it in deserts in africa and it's in the metro in minnesota it, it can withstand everything so that's kind of the that's kind of what we're up against wow well thanks again brady anybody you want to chat at i know you're gonna have a lot of family listening Oh, yes, yes. I'm sure well, you are. It is Mother's Day, so I have to say happy Mother's Day to my wife, Angie. Uh, she's with the, the three kids, Lane, Annie, and Marin right now. And my own mother, uh, Marjorie, in Maine. Got to say happy Mother's Day to her and my grandma. She's uh, in Maine also. So And, my, you know, every other mother, my sister, the two sisters and sisters-in-laws. And happy Mother's Day to everybody. It's uh great day all right thanks a lot thanks for appreciate coming, for coming on, on. yeah thank you guys and getting the golf course nice and ready for this big match after the show here. <laughs> 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 Woo! i get the white tees scotty gets the blue tees and that's just our handicap all right scotty <laughs> let's move on to some tiger talk everybody wants to talk about tiger and i'm sure you do as well and this is your chance to beat me up if you want i'm gonna hold my position on tiger but again if you guys want to beat me up on that that's fine but again, what a wonderful Masters that we went through. Was that not the most fun that you've had watching yes, a tournament? Yes, I, I mean, it was like, it was kind of different getting up early because they had the early start on Sunday because of the weather. And you get up early and you're having breakfast and you're watching the Masters and it's done by one and it's almost like, oh, did that just happen? I, I wonder how many people watched it and then rewatched it because they re-ran it on CBS that night, so... Um, just great for the sport, just great for golf, just great for our business. I mean, across the board, I think I've read it was the highest rated golf tournament in a morning in 34 years. So, I mean, there's not a lot of golf tournaments that happen in the morning. British or the Open Championship won. But, uh, yeah, it was just, it was, it was one of those things like maybe the 86 Masters. You know, that you remember every shot or things like that. Uh, no doubt about it. And how few mistakes actually everybody made. Molinari was one of the only guys to really make mistakes down yes. the stretch. Uh, Brooks did make that mistake on 12, but down the stretch he was even better than that. You know, Eagles 13 coming back. So, again, people are like, oh, if he didn't do that, well, he eagled 13. 
So it was like he just went par par, which nobody thinks about, right? Yes. Everybody thinks, well, he shouldn't have dumped it in the water. Well, historically, a lot of people do hit it in the water on 12. But it, it seems, didn't seem like it this year until the final day. It seems like that if there's going to be a point that if you're leading that tournament and you're going to really be put to the test, it's that tee shot. I mean, Spieth a couple of years ago when he lost to Danny Willett, that was the pivotal point, obviously, for Molinari and Kepka, and Well, and Finau, too. Three guys hit it in the water, and probably there went their chances, even though Kepka made a charge and, and the other two were right there. But after that point, it's tough to come back after that. It so. was fun to watch Tiger not make any mistakes, and even that shot on 16 I thought was the, was the backbreaker. You know, when he just stuffed it in there to absolutely nothing. Yes. And uh, you, you just could feel, even though he knew he could bogey 18, he played that really yes. uh, lethargically, if you will. I, I think somebody put it best. I think they said it, that he didn't outplay everyone. He outsmarted everyone. He played so smart on Sunday and, yeah, just hit it right where he needed to and knew, hey, par's a good score with this whole location. Or obviously that shot on 16, I mean, Everybody knows where you need to hit it to get it to feed, but you still got to hit that shot. Yeah, Brooks Kepka missed it by 10 feet. Yes. You know that line, and that's the thing that was maybe the difference in the golf tournament. You yes. Know, just like that. And Brooks had good luck on 17 and 18. And I keep bringing up Brooks because I, I had some substantial stuff going on Brooks there. And uh, not game-changing, you know, I, yep. don't, I don't gamble that hard. Yeah, yeah. But I did have some monetary units on, on Brooks. Yes. And I was going against my Spieth pick on here, and Spieth did fine if it wasn't for day one. Yes. He just forgot to play golf on day one and then was doing great after that, which, again, we might not see much of it. But the story is Tiger. Yes. And, and, and rightfully so. Once Rory was out of the picture, meaning that there's no Grand Slam possible, Yes. Tiger became the story through in and through out. I was at a volleyball tournament for my daughters that weekend in Sioux Falls, and it brought people together. Yeah. People were watching. This is not a lie, Scotty. People were watching the screen and not watching their daughters play volleyball. I kid you not. I was one of them. Yeah. And so anyways. I'm sure you so were. I, and that's the thing. People would make fun of me. I was sitting down there. On my, I had this computer going and they had a TV screen, but everybody's on it. And my computer, I could do the um, feature groups and the whole by whole. So they would turn around to me and say, Snow, what's it at? No, you know, that stuff. Because I was sitting on the ground while my daughter was playing. And again, I didn't feel bad about it because I was supposed to be working that weekend anyways, but we had the snow NAMI yes. and I didn't have to. I probably should have felt bad about it. But my point is, is that this brought people together. Whatever your views are of Tiger, what he did morally, ethically, all that stuff, didn't matter that day. You were just watching good golf. Yes. No, it was kind of turned back the clock. And yeah, it's it's. I think that we're going to see a a little bit of a spike in golf interest because of it. Because you've got fringe people that know what's going on in golf, but really when that happened, they were like, they, they got to know what's happening. So um, I noticed you didn't mention anything about Dustin Johnson, my pick, who finished second. Um, so and I forgot do, who you picked, so thank yeah, you. I well, skipped that part when I re-listened to the podcast. Well, yeah, because of Jordan Spieth. But <laughs> we also need to apologize for George Smith because – he put he maybe he's the kiss of death right. on Justin Rose who missed, missed the, the cut. cut. Justin Rose and Paul Casey, I think, were two big favorites. Both of them missed the cut. Yeah, mind-boggling. Which, yeah, um, but all in all, it was it was an unbelievable tournament. And here we are now, next week's PGA Championship. It's it's crazy. Well, it comes fast, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But I want to hit this Medal of Freedom real real fast yes. for you. So I want to read you something here okay. that I found very interesting. Okay. That, again, the Presidential Medal of Freedom, big deal. Three golfers. I think it's three golfers have gotten Who, it. Jack, Jack Nicholas, Arnie, Tur- and Tiger. Wasn't Charlie Sifford one of them? I think he's got it. Maybe Arnie. it's four then. Yeah. Maybe there's four. Well, anyways, I want to read this to you. Okay. All right, and to all our listeners. Then I want you to explain it to everybody if you could. Okay. okay. So this recognizes those people who have made an especially meritorious contribution to the security or national interests of the United States, world peace, cultural, or other significant public or private endeavors. Scotty, where does golf fall in that? Uh, I don't really know. (laughs) I guess maybe we could put it in the significant public endeavors? Yes. Yes, cultural. Cultural, cultural yes. says producer Maggie. I don't disagree with that. I find that funny. 
great for him. Yes. I am glad because, again, hoping that maybe, you know, I, I'm, well, i I got to be careful how I word my words here, but a tiger and a Trump kind of thing would help our society. Yes. You know, again, just to where we're at. And, again, it's not about any of the racial things or any of that. Tiger earns this. Yes. I'm I'm great with this, actually. Yeah. Because, again, sports does that. It pulls people together. And that's what we love about golf. It pulls people together. Look at you and I would have never, never met each other. No. If it wasn't for golf. Yes. Yeah. It just does that. Too polarizing. Well, maybe not that polarizing. Yeah. But. <laughs> no, I think it's, I think it's great. It's a great honor for him. I mean, obviously he's, if not the greatest golfer of all time, one of the, and I mean, he has done a lot for his foundation and uh, bringing people to the game of golf. I mean, more than anybody in this game's history, he has brought more people and more diversity to the game, I would say. All right, Scotty, I'm going to set the boundaries and the guidelines right now. All right, and then you can take it from there. We're going to talk as far and as deep as you want, and we don't even have to go as far and deep as you want. I'm not sure where the wounds are, if there are wounds, but we need to talk about the PNC Championship or the national championship that you played in. Yes. And for those of you who don't know, I'll just bring up the surface value of it, and then we can dive deeper. But the surface value is Scotty uh, went down and played at Belfair, and uh, we have nine of our Minnesota Section PGA pros down there. And, of course, uh, co-host Scott McDonald was a huge um, a huge draw for those of us who uh, on the podcast and those of us involved, and we were cheering hard. We were cheering for all of our guys, but you obviously topped the list. Scotty comes out day one, shoots a 70. That's two under par. My members just were, were on top of it before me, Scotty. My members at the Olivia Golf Club were telling me, how about your boy, Scotty Mack? You know, and I'm like, what, what, you know, I'm in work day, right? I'm like, yes. well, what, you know, what? You know, and so they show me, I'm like, hey, let's go. You know, that type of a deal. So I send the, hey, nice round, and you send back the uh, the, the old cliche, hey, one day at a time, yes. or taking it as it comes. I can't even remember exactly what you said, but it was perfect cliche. And then day two comes, and you yeah. have to play two rounds. Yes. They force you. You want to play four, but you have to play at least two. And um, Scotty uh, pumped up a little 85. Yeah. And that sounds like a Greg Snow number, and it is. Yeah. You know, it's high. And so, again, I want to let you talk as far as you want on either day, conditions. You can make any excuses you want. I don't care. I just want to hear it. Yeah. Talk to us what happened down no, there. No, no. Whatever you want. The wounds the, the wounds are done. It's a golf tournament, and there's plenty more. And, and my what I got out of that golf tournament is more than I could ever ask for. It's a You learn from it always. And you take what you can from it, and the next event is the next event, and you hopefully leave it in the past. But, uh, I mean, I took a ton of positives away, especially from the first round, um, just preparing through the winter, um, going through, you know, it's the biggest event that I've ever played in, and uh, going through the pressure. And, and, you know, I didn't, I wouldn't say I hit it well the first day, I scored well. I managed well, um, and just got away with some loose shots. And yeah, shot seventy. Um, walking up on my last hole, there's not a better feeling when uh, you you hit it on the green and you look at the leaderboard and your name's on top of the leaderboard at three under through seventeen. Um, so that was pretty cool to see that. And then I, I obviously bogey my last, which was a tough par four, but. Um, I felt like my golf game was good. I wouldn't say it was spot on. You know, it's tough to be spot on in, in April, and I'd like to elaborate more on that later about how it's just a terrible timing for us in the North, and especially this year with how late of a season it is for us. We had two weeks on grass in Minnesota. It's just impossible to be in midseason form unless you're down south the whole time. So... Um, I went to the range the next day and tried to find something, uh, parred the first two holes. And then, um, yeah, the third hole was, we had a little bit of a delay. We had a ruling and we kind of rushed and I made a three putt bogey. Next hole was a tough par three and I, I made uh, bogey there. And then we step on this fifth hole, which is a reachable par four. It's a 200 and 
230, 240 yard cover. It's you can drive it. It was 265 flag. And um, yeah, I mean, I was hitting the driver okay, but if there's a miss, it's low on the face and it's low for me. Yep. And I hit two in a row in the water and then laid up and made eight and then hit two bad drives on the next two holes and made doubles. And then it's kind of game over. I mean, I was eight over at that point. And the cut line we kind of figured was around five. And that's not even getting into how difficult the golf course was. The West, the, day, the course I played the first day and the primary course was... The greens would hold. They were receptive. The rough was up, but you could hit shots, and they would hold. The east course had new grass put in on their greens a year ago. Very firm. It was like, if you can imagine, Greg, Country Club of Colorado with frozen greens. Very close to that. Yes. Really? It was that similar? It wasn't Super Bowl bounces, but if you had anything more than a wedge... It was very difficult to hold the green, even if you landed it on the front. I did notice some different colors yes. on, from, on the TV perspective from one course to the other. Yeah, and it, the east, it, I mean, there was just no margin for error. When your ball striking is not spot on, it's it's very difficult to hit shots and feel confident over the ball when you're literally aiming 30, yards, or 30 feet right of the flag because you can't go at the flag knowing that you can't hold the green. So... It, I, I mean, I knew that coming in that it would be difficult, but um, yeah, it was just it's it, it was very difficult. And if you look at the scores, the East course played almost three shots tougher than the West, even though it's shorter, and even though um, yeah, it's it's the the West had more rough. The East had no rough at all, but that tells you how firm the golf course was. Uh, T markers and hole locations. How far do they move those from one to the next? Is it do they move the T markers a foot up? Uh, yeah, foot it's, back? it's probably a pace or two, and then the the hole locations are I think within a flagstick. So oh. it's, they're all very close, but that far apart. Yeah, I, I it might be a couple of feet, but I'd okay. say no more than a flagstick. So you're playing essentially the same course. Right. And it didn't, I would say that it, if, if anything, you wanted to play the East in the morning when it's probably a little softer. Yeah. I played the East in the afternoon, so that didn't help things. But it was not the golf course. It was me. And then, you know, I just hit bad golf shots and they compounded. And, and my course management day two wasn't spot on midseason form. I mean, if, if I'm thinking at all, you lay up and you make four. And, but... Yeah, you live and you learn, and I yeah. Will say, but if you pull the shot off, you make a birdie, and you're really yes. The yeah. momentum is going in the right direction, but nonetheless, it's an unbelievable experience. Um, it was a great time. I got to thank TaylorMade and Nike, my two sponsors. They treated me great. Um, it really rolled out the red carpet for us. It's it's just a great experience. I mean, I'm going to do everything I can to get back there every year. Um, if you haven't been there. You don't know what you're missing. And then if you've been there, when I was there the first time I ever was eligible, I made it such a priority to get back there because I knew how awesome it was. And I probably put too much pressure on myself in the section championship because I wanted to get there so badly. But, um, I mean, look at all of our section guys. A few of us played some good rounds. Craig Brischke made the first cut and then missed the secondary cut. But none of us played great. Um, and I think it's no coincidence because we're all up here in the winter. We're shoveling snow and we're not hitting golf balls. And, and I'd like to see a stat if you looked at the guys that did make the cut, how many were Southern guys or have a residence down South during the winter? Because that is a huge advantage. It's just, you just cannot simulate what, what you, what you have to you jump into the biggest tournament of the year being your first event. But even if it says uh, Long Island, New York, Scotty, those guys are playing in the winter. Yes. Down south oh, all winter. Danny Balin, right, those... Alex Beach, the two guys that kind of pulled ahead, I'm sure they're both down south. And, hey, hey Alex Beach from uh, Stillwater won it. Um, great for him. I mean, that's, that's unbelievable. Now he gets in six tour events. He's obviously going to be – out there at the PGA Championship. And, yeah, I mean, they're both really good players. I mean, I, I don't know if you watched the, the 
best TV for me of golf is the playoff for the PGA Championship spot. I think it was six or seven guys for two spots, and everybody hit the green on the first playoff hole. Everybody was inside at 25 feet. One guy made birdie and advanced. A guy had a six-footer, lipped it out to go to the PGA Championship. So they all play together? Yes, all of them. There could be, there could be one spot, ten guys, they all play together. They play as a ten-some? Yes. Oh, my goodness. How much daylight was there left when they did that? They had they had plenty because I think it was around 536. Okay. They probably had an hour, hour and a half. But they tried to budget a little time yes. in there? Yeah. So just, just crazy. But, yeah, it was uh, – I'm going to be okay, Greg. I, I, I was obviously frustrated after, but not as frustrated as I thought I'd be just because I knew that I had done everything that I could to prepare myself for that situation. And it's, it's, I just got to get better. I got to be more prepared and, and, and have a better game plan and stick to it. Well, unfortunately, this is part of the, I guess, the negative of a new schedule. The PGA and the PGA of America really wanted this move, you know, to move into, you know, this week of the PGA championship. And I I don't know a solution, Scotty. I really don't. uh, Other than, you know, maybe we have to get a job where we can, Go to Florida for six months. Yeah, which or get our kids out of school or that, something. What do you think? It's it's probably not going to happen no. for either one of us. No, you're right. And it's I will say that it was a big discussion point among players down there, the date change, and it's I didn't hear a lot of positives about it. I mean, it was a big move because now the PGA Championship is the second major. And I understand that that's probably more important than the uh, professional club pro. And But I think that there could be a date change. And I think if we want it to be changed, the members, us, we need to speak. Because ultimately it is our championship. Right. And I think in the big picture of it, I think our analytic team, if you will, kind of did the numbers on this is why we want it moved. Yes. You know, again, and but yet the player or the good players like yourself are sitting here going, well, wait a minute, I had two weeks, you know, this wasn't a March 15th year. No. And we've only had a couple of those where we can get out and practice and play. It'll be interesting when we do get one of those years to see how our guys perform. Yeah. Because then it would put some validation or some weight to behind that argument. And again, I don't know how long the agreement is. I thought I heard six years or seven years for the PGA to fall in this slot. Yeah, the the PGA, yes. And I think for the... PNC, I think it's locked in for three years in the spring. To, so, be, to be the end yes. of April? Yeah. But the other side of it is, say one of our guys, myself included, played great, made it to the PGA. You literally have to turn around and 10 days later get ready for a PGA championship. you got to handle your travel, your accommodations, everything. So that's a quick turnaround to plan for that. Not, not to mention it's early in the season so now instead of being gone a week you're gone pretty much two weeks but it'd be well worth it so a lot of hoops to jump through let's move on to the pga championship as we were kind of talking uh you know from this point of or this perspective into that scott i i I guess i could back up your argument i just haven't felt a lot of excitement for it this year the terrible right tiger just wins yes but it just doesn't feel like it has the build-up like it does at the end of the year let me make my case we don't get the three major champions playing together anymore no. in that first round of the PGA Championship. That was always set. That was a big deal. We also don't get the glory's last shot or the last major or, hey, I've had an unsuccessful year. This is my chance. You know, We don't get that anymore. Uh, we also don't get um, the warm temp maybe. You know, Beth Page in May, this could be interesting. This yeah. could be a repeat of 2009 a David Duvall last relevancy U.S. Open, yeah. you know, where it was chaos everywhere, rain here, rain there. This is New York that yeah. we're talking. I know that the PGA Championship isn't going to be at New York every time, but we're not, you know, August is pretty much always hot, dry weather. 620-yard par fives are gettable. You know, at Bethpage, 450-yard par fours may not be gettable. Yes. they It may be difficult. So I this is my take on it. I'm just not feeling the excitement that I wish that maybe I have in the past when it was in August. So what what's your take on that? Well, I think part of it is we had we came from the most exciting tournament that we've had Good. in however many years. And Tiger has not played since the Masters. 
So that all that excitement, if he would have played the next week, it would have carried over. Or the next time he teed it up. Well, the next time he's teeing it up is the PGA Championship. So I think some of that excitement is not there because we're all so Tiger crazy right now because of what he did at the Masters that we're kind of like, well, these events leading up to it, there's there's not as much you know going on. But I agree, it, it, it is kind of weird, uh, a weird feeling having it be the second major. And yeah, the, the tagline is gone. The, the three champions, uh, major championship winners is gone. Um, and I just looked uh, Thursday at Bethpage, uh, 65 and rain, high of 65 and rain. So it, if the wind's blowing, it's going to feel like 55. So I heard something, and I don't know if you've done much research on the golf course. But there are some force carries. Somebody said like 280-yard force carry. Maybe that is to the fairway. I mean, we joked with you last year about reaching the fairway on the par five. At <laughs> Hazeltine. I mean, uh, what about some of these holes for some of these club pros? Or even guys like, say, Zach Johnson that don't hit it that far. So I'm significantly older than you, as we've, yes. as we've documented many times. But 2002 changed the landscape of golf. And here's why. The U.S. Open was finally going to a public venue. And so when I heard about that, I was driving pizza for Domino's at the time. And so, well, along Add with that the, to the list of right, the 15 this jobs was in you Brainerd, And we had people that were so excited because they were from New York. They're like, I played that course, you know, which you don't get a lot when you're at an Olympic Hills or a, a Southern Hills or Oak Hill or any of those. You don't, you don't get the, hey, I played yeah. there. But we got the, hey, I played there, 35 bucks. You just walk up to the tee, 35, you know, up to the counter. They don't take tee times. You know, they, they put their ball in that thing that spins down. And who's up? Title is four. You're on the tee. You know, since that 2002, they changed Beth Page. They upped the green fee. They now take tee times, the whole bit. Change the landscape of golf. So I have some background on Beth Page because I dove in, and of course it was Mickelson Tiger. Yes. So that just was awesome for me. 2009, dud. Rain, tee times everywhere. Lucas Glover, Davis Duvall, or David Duvall, whatever, right? We kind of did the ugh. But I've been excited for this comeback, and Phil Mickelson was a huge proponent of getting the Ryder Cup there. He said New York is the best place to have our Ryder Cup for fans, whatever, whatever. So this golf course, Scotty, is so hard that I came today unprepared to pick a winner. Really? I, I did. Here's what I came with for today. This is as I'm driving. Here's what I'm thinking. Of. All the people I don't like to win at Bethpage. I got a list. You've got a of list of guys right you don't head, like. Of I don't like to that could win it, you know, to win at Bethpage. And top of my list is Tiger Woods. And you kind of hit it. Here's why. Again, you can shoot me and I could be wrong and the whole bit. But he hasn't played in a month. He took a little liaison. He's been on yacht tours. He's wearing the jacket everywhere. You and I would be no different. Yeah. We would have done the same thing and probably take. He doesn't need to play in any more tournaments. Or I, I mean, not that he's never going to play, but it's just not a need for him at this point. This is also why I'm not sure I like the PGA right after. We used to have two months to the U.S. Open. Now we have one month to get to this. And because of that, I don't like the way that he, the, the fairways are so narrow and so tight. And the driving distances or the driving carries are out of this world. I think it's number 10. It's like it's a 240 yard to get to the edge of the fairway. And some people are going to be starting on that hole, which, by the way, is like three miles from the clubhouse. They have to drive the people out there. It's ridiculous. Yes. But you have to do it. You have to do first first T10 T starts. And so Tiger's on top of my list. Another guy I don't like, one of my favorites, Brooks Kepka. I don't like him at this event. You I don't, don't like, like Kepka. I don't like how he's coming into it. Again, I don't think he's played well. I think he had a huge letdown from what was going on there. The one person I do like, which I'm not picking him because I can't stand him, as you know, is Rory McIlroy. He, again, maybe had the letdown, but he had it early yes. at Augusta. He wasn't in the grind, wasn't in the mix, wasn't in the, hey, I'm exhausting every emotion to stay mentally sharp here. So I could see Rory almost like the year that he won at, um, what was that, uh, what course did he win the U.S.? Congressional. Yeah. Like, was like, whoa, he's killing everybody. Blew he's going away to the field. I could feel that, or I could see that possibly happening for him this week. But I'm really having a hard time picking a winner for this one. Uh, I'm picking Kepka. And uh, just to defending shoot, champion, shoot your theory in the foot um, as he's in fourth place right now at the Byron Nelson. So there goes the uh, not very good form. Well, he's getting and and I like there is not many top players playing this week. No, nope. but he maybe is looking at his 
I'm going to work on some things, yep. get the rust off. And I will say this. Yeah, it's the fairways are tight, but you got to also remember, it's a PGA Championship. The rough is not going to be U.S. Open rough. Oh, and we'll see. I, I just, the PGA wants, They get some rain out there, Scotty. Yeah, but I think the PGA wants a, a 10 to 12 under winner. Fair point. Even. Fair point. You know, it's typically, you know, three, two or three under a day is going to win the tournament for you. Um, they want to see birdies. Unlike the when, when it was there for the U.S. Open and they want to see even par hold up. Um, so... Yeah, I like Kepka. It just because you you hit he plays very difficult golf courses very well. I mean, he's won what two U.S. Opens. Yep. He's got the game to win at a venue that's had the U.S. Open. So, I mean, it might be not a long shot. He's probably one of the top three favorites. But I also think that getting in the mix at the Masters, he didn't seem as let. He seemed very excited that Tiger won because he's a huge Tiger fan. I don't think it affected him as much as you think. Is it possible that I'm just mad that I got hurt financially because Kepka didn't win? Yeah, I think you've got there's some sour grapes. I, he's like my favorite golfer now. Yes, he he's just so smooth. And I mean, how can someone hit a golf ball? It, it looks like the golf ball is shrieking in pain when he hits it. Well, you got to make different shirts for him. He has all them tailored because his arms. I mean, you remember those ones where they the, the shirts that used to cuff in at the at, yes. right at the bicep. They have to move those out for him. Don't it's they have ridiculous. those for you? No, look at I have to wear the loose ones to make it look my arms look bigger. Speaking of, can I? This Just is, like you got on right now too. Yeah, I have to ask a question. This is totally off topic. Tiger wore a mock every day at the Masters. Are you gonna rock the mock? No, I'm. Not, I have some still. I loved them. Did you know that I was a big mock guy? No. Oh, loved them because Mickelson and Tiger both did it. Yes. I killed them. Matter of fact, my whole staff at Rutgers that was our staff dirt shirts. We had mocks all the, you know for every day of the week. I think different colors. You should start rocking the mock at our events. I got one. I'll wear it. Okay. Right, just for you because I do love it. Perfect. Back right. to the PGA. Yeah. 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 Go ahead. Before we move on to Minnesota section stuff, let's keep talking PGA. Well, here's my question. You need to make a pick. And I don't like it, Scotty. I don't want to make a pick. You have to. Okay, I'll make one. Let me see. Let me here, see what here's I got what here. Talk me through something here. Well, Who, give me some people that maybe I could, because I didn't come prepared to pick anybody. This might shed some light on things. This is the warning sign at Bethpage. The black course is an extremely oh. difficult course, which we recommend only for highly skilled golfers. Would they let you and I on there? No, I wouldn't be allowed to play. And again, I think you, they don't say a handicap on there, but these people that work, I work with at Domino's, they told us about that sign. It was hilarious. They steer you to, I think, the blue and the red. Yes. I think they have two other courses, yes. so they kind of steer you that way. But, of course, after 2002, everybody's like, I don't care how hard it is. I'm paying my, I think it got up to $65 for a green fee there now. It was $35, Scott, to play this course. It's, it's, and the U.S. Open was going. That's ridiculous. All right, uh, I don't like any of the Europeans. You know that. Uh, Fowler, maybe. DJ, maybe. Spieth, no. I only take him at Augusta at this point. He's going to have to prove himself yes. to come back. Uh, Scott, I got nothing. Just to, uh, How about I, okay, a bomber? I Think did, about a bomber. No, I did have one weird pick in my mind. Who, even the barn rat? No, even. No. I had to think about that for a second. Even though I don't like Europeans, you know, I don't cheer for him, but I did think about this guy on the way up here just for some odd reason because he disappointed me at Augusta. Tommy Fleetwood. Okay. And I think you've picked him before. Yeah. I think you picked him last year in the PGA Championship. Yes, I did. And he's kind of, now, speaking of lost form, he's kind of lost some form. Yes. He's no longer that, you throw in those daggers like he used to just, even at the, uh, at the Ryder Cup where you just throw dagger after dagger and it's like, wow, that guy, we're not seeing that right now. No. So... I guess I'll go with Fleetwood. I, I don't like it. I, I'm not excited about it. Um, I would love to see Kepka win. I just got this letdown feeling from, yeah. from Augusta that I can't see him or Tiger. I I think here here's my prediction other than winning. And again, I want you to make fun of me at the next podcast when this doesn't happen, okay? You're going to say my something prediction. about Mickelson? No, Tiger. Okay. No, Mickelson I'm staying away from because yes. I want him to do well. Yeah. He's my favorite guy. You yes. know yeah. I want him to do well, so I'm staying away from it. Yeah. But here's what I will say. I think Tiger's going to miss the cut. Okay. Uh, and again, I don't like it. It's not good for golf. We kind of want him in the mix. I think that's great for golf. But again, 
I just don't like what he did in the last month. But that was his choice. He totally, absolutely fine that he can do whatever he wants for a month. But to not play even in the Wells Fargo, you know, yeah. which one he typically has always played, was a little shocking to me. Yeah, I I wouldn't. I mean, I'd be surprised, but it's not the the boldest prediction. Uh, if we're gonna make bold predictions, if if Kepka doesn't win, I'm gonna go out there and say a non-major winner oh. is gonna win. Oh, I like that because it just kind of feels open. like a Ricky Fowler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just kind of feels like an open race. So. so one other thing about Beth Page that you probably wouldn't remember because you were too young in 2002. How old were you, Scott? Uh, 21. Oh, you're kind of into the golf yes. then. Oh, yeah. All right. Do you remember the re-gripping by Sergio Garcia? Oh, yeah. That's where it started, that right was, there. That was Couldn't the, handle like, it. 21 re-grips. Oh, frustrating. Couldn't watch it. Well, we did watch it because we were all excited about Tiger and Phil. But yes. they showed a lot of Sergio with the, and I'm doing the hand gestures for those of you who watched it, which was this 100 times over and over. It's like, ah, I hit the ball. Are you going to re-grip me today? Are you going to be out there just doing the Sergio? I do a lot of footwork. Yeah, you know, I don't do you, the hand work. Kind of do the do the dance. I don't have the weird footwork you do with the big open stance for putting, and you know, you do a lot of weird uh, stuff. With I am. Feet. Let's just say I'm weird. But let's talk about you. You've had a really good start to the Minnesota section season, considering what you did down at the national championship. So kudos to you, and I want to hear about the Luther Tour Championship. Yeah, or, or the, I'm sorry, the Luther, the first Luther event, Luther Luther Championship. Excuse me. The Luther Tour Championships at the end of the year. Yes, this is Luther Series Just number one. Luther won. You played well again, or you and Luke, your partner, yes. but you didn't best the 63 of Thomas Campbell and Cameron White. No, it was, um, yeah, I will say this about the PPC. Even if we go down there and we don't play well and m- make the cut, it's seven days of straight golf. You're practicing, you're thinking just about golf. It's the greatest jump start to our section season you can do. So I come oh, to Indian Hills. Wait a minute. You just put a defense for why maybe it's okay to have it early. I'm looking do at the Do you want to backtrack? No, I'm looking at the positives of the the positives of going you down. You are a positive guy, but you went real negative early on that thing. Well, yeah, it, it, it I just don't think it's good for us northern guys to advance. Oh, I opened up a can again. But right. anyways, but no Go back to the positive. I like yes. positive Scotty so, much better. No, I, I I mean I I played pretty well at Indian Hills other than some freak loss ball deal. Um shots 73 and felt good about it. I mean, scores at Indian even given the course conditions were as low as I've ever seen. Would you agree? Oh, I texted you that. I'm like what happened out there? Did other people play on different greens than I played on? And again, shout out to Tommy and the group. That's They put on a great event. I, I thought yes. it was a fun event. Best they could do with what was happening. Um, their greens suffered some severe winter kill. Uh, and I thought they handled it very well. I can't believe people were able to score on that the way they did. No, I mean, Tom Campbell, who's won his first three events, shot 66. There was a 67 Alex Klein-Snyder shot 68. That's as low as scores as I've seen, and I agree. I was pretty surprised, and um, yeah. So it's it's a it, and then we go to Luther One at Olympic Hills. Did you play there a couple of years ago? Yes, I played in it uh, when we had the first pro pro event there back when it first opened and things were firm. Yes, it's it's softened up, and I tell you what, that golf course is phenomenal. I really really like it. The mo- that, that's the second time course. I've played it since. And, and I mean. We played it up thanks to Vincent moving it up for everybody because make some birdies. Let's let's feel good about ourselves. And instead of going out there and maybe two or three under wins it, we played it about 6,600. Oh. But that thing all the way from the back, 7,400, that's got to be as tough as... We didn't play 74 a few years ago, but it was closer to seven. Yeah, no. So it was up even further. So scores were good. There was a lot of birdies. Um, Luke and I played great um, it's probably the best we were four season long four ball partners we play in this event every year i mean we i've played more golf with luke uh, we grew up together graduated high school together anyways but it was the best we've ever played like not score wise but we never grinded over a par the whole day so it was just easy it was every time we were in both hit like 14 greens and reg. Yeah. I mean, I think I had four birdies. He had five birdies and we doubled up on two holes. So yeah, we were you seven guys under 65. Seven. Okay. Yep. And I mean, Tom Campbell and Cam White, two f- former golfers. 
Tom's working at uh, Second Swing. Cameron's working out for Syward at uh, Burl Oaks. They're both very good players. They they chased it for a little while, and yep. get, kudos to them. They're getting into the golf business, and and I talked with Tom a little bit, and I wished him the best of luck. And I mean, it's we've got some good young players coming. Yeah, you up. sent me a list of about ten guys of hey Snow, check these guys out. I get a little depressed, and you go hey, I want to compete against those well, guys. Well, exactly, and. You gotta. The one thing I did say, and you got to look at the positive too. There's more guys to play in our events, and yeah, there are more absolutely. guys to play in our proams, so we can have more teams. I mean, your snowball proam. Are we full yet? Uh, we, I have two spots open. Yeah, so two spots out there, yeah. section members. That's and now with the tape mark being moved to September, right? Your event is the last event we have after June. Is it the last day, June third? Of yeah, yours, my, yep, June third. We and go to Grandview. We go until Grandview almost Which three weeks full. later. Yes, Jack has showed me the list. I was up there this weekend. You know, yeah, showed me the list. He's full. Yeah. So here's another thing that maybe we can plug is if somebody wants to have an event that weekend at Tape Mark, there's an opening. Yeah, it, it'd be kind of whipping something together quick. But we have nothing for three right, weeks. Right. I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, you're playing in the snowball. Then what? Oh, then you're going to work. Scott, uh, yes, I will be working. Yeah. It's it's it, that's Take a long stretch for me without playing competitive <laughs> golf. I know, but then you got July and yes. August is stacked full. Well, and now September is stacked full with the right. tape mark. Tape mark and golf champions for people like and, you. And if you make it to the final four of the match play, that is now right. September Luther too. Tour. Uh, I, we love uh, the new home. Yes. Uh, the Canon Pro-Am. Faribault's so. now back in September. Faribault is. That's right. I saw that. So it's just, I, I, it's crazy. But anyways, I mean, Olympic Hills was a great site. Uh, I went to the education and the meeting beforehand. Very, very good, informative. Uh, talked about the PGA coach, which I, I'm going to go through it. I haven't went through it yet. Takes about three, three and a half hours. And then we got a, a update on section affairs obviously i knew most of it being on the board but yeah it's i think it's um there's some exciting new partnerships and uh, on the tournament side and as a whole and yeah i mean the big thing we can we can talk about the tape mark is southview was not immune to it they've got poanya on, right. their, on their greens and yeah it's just it's it's a major event and it's a showcase for Southview and it, the decision was made to move the event from its typical second week in June to the 20th of September, which was an opening on our calendar and an opening on their calendar. Obviously, we want to have it at Southview. They've been a proud right, supporter right. of the event and going forward, they will be too. So, yeah, but it's it's kind of crazy that now we 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 get all this excitement excitement we've got match play what is next monday are you playing greg are you playing i haven't signed up yet. you need to sign up i talk we need to I get to 64 we need to get to 64 i haven't looked recently but i talked to vincent on friday and we're at 43 43 i did count because i am keeping my options open yeah. till the you, is it the 16th I think it's the deadline. Yes, it's 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 this coming through. And just in full disclosure, my team has a meet that day. Okay. Um. So I do have an assistant. I have somebody that can cover it. But I'm battling the old responsibility versus do what you want to do versus be part. You know, help the section. I'm balancing all that. I'm not very good at that, Scott. I, I make a lot of poor decisions, but um, I'm trying to be better about that. And uh, you know, like you you've mentioned on the air, I have some things that I juggle. And, um, you know, the balls are in the air. Yes. And I want to get to the point where I'm not looking at them. But right now I'm staring at each ball going, please don't drop any one of them. Yeah. So I just uh, thank my wife for being super flexible. Uh, she doesn't listen to these. She can't stand my voice anymore. But anyway, <laughs> so she, she, I'm going to have her listen to this one, though, because she's the greatest mother I could have asked for uh, of our children. And um, so she allows me to do a lot of these things. And so the match play is one of them that I pushed hard for this format. You know that. Yes. I pushed for this because I was like, I can't do three days. Boom, it lands on the day that I have an event with my team. It's like, oh, oh, because it would have been a no-brainer. Because I played in the Indian Hills, and I, I, I'm looking for more stuff in May, actually, other than the fact that I coach my golf team. And I really enjoy going to their things, too, which I need to, but I enjoy it as well. So... Wow, I got rambling there. Yeah, you just, just cut me off no, when I do no, that. I, but I think 
you got to think about the match play and maybe I have thought about it, Scott. Sit and wait until the deadline, and if we don't get the sixty-four, then you could be the sixty-fourth person. And if I shoot under seventy-five tonight, you're in on our event. We'll come back in here and I'll sign up. Okay. If I don't, it doesn't mean I'm not going to sign up. Yes. And it's not totally about that, but I do think about my form a little bit. Yeah. That I'm not quite there, as you know. I was happy with my 79 at Indian Hills, by the way. Sad, right? I had seven bogeys. And and the longest putt for bogey, right here. And I'm talking arm to arm. They were all just the easiest bogeys in America. Yes. Yeah. So, again, people would say, oh, 79, Snow, you are happy. I'm coming off a heart attack, Scott. Well, exactly. Uh, maybe we can talk to Vincent about getting a medical hardship in the I match play and get a few shots. I could use a medical hardship. Maybe a different tee box yeah, than other guys. We can work it. But, no, I think we've got um, match play, and then we've got the, the cup matches end of the month at Minnesota Valley where Brady used to work, and then it's we jump right into state open qualifiers. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I, we're running a little long here. Yeah, but, but let's do some thank you, Scott. I want to thank Julia. Julie, sorry. Yes. Julia. I want to thank Julie and Leanne for allowing us to do this on Mother's yes, Day. Yes, happy Mother's Day to Your both wife's of working them. a double. Yeah, she's working yeah. at 24. We brought her breakfast this morning, caramel rolls, and Subway. Doesn't Whoa. get any better. You brought her lunch and supper? Well, Subway, the, the, the flatbread, ham, egg, and cheese. Oh, a Subway breakfast sandwich. Which she did not know we were doing, so we surprised them oh, or surprised you, her Scotty. with all the kids. So that was our Mother's Day. And we're not huge into the holidays, but she is a great wife and uh, unbelievable mother. And especially in the summers for both of yes. us, our wives kind yes. of carry Thank the you, load Leanne. big Thank time. You. So. Yeah, my wife's working at the hotel tonight. So again, she was like, whatever, you know, as she always says, whatever. You have, you know, and our son is driving home from Pensacola today. So a uh, 20 hour trip or trip that he had to take uh, in a few pieces. Um, but he's going to arrive home here this afternoon. So we're excited about those things. But I want to thank Maggie, our producer. Yeah, she does an awesome you, job. She was up here this weekend. This worked out okay for her. Not the late hour. That was my fault. It's Staffing issues. We wanted to go a little bit earlier. But uh, thank you, Maggie, for being very flexible and doing this with us. Scotty, thank you for hosting and for having this and for getting Brady on for us. Yes. Did we pay him? We we'll, have to work on that. We'll work on because we want uh, to we want to take care of our guests. Minnewaska. Yeah, we want to take care of our guests, and we want them to know that they're loved and that they're taken care of. So we'll get them. I'll get them some lunch. You get them something. I think I'm going to look at buying a pair of shoes from you for this afternoon. By the way, perfect. So yeah, we'll get you good. all set. So that is show number eight. We want to thank all of you for listening. We thank all our sponsors, uh, which, by the way, I have to talk to you two about because I have something working. Oh, just, just beautiful! A teaser, just a teaser for down the road. But, Scotty, thank you for all your input and for opening up about the national championship. Ah, it's, good to, it's good to talk it out. Uh, and now I'm just going to kick your butt this afternoon. I'm, I'm guessing that's a 64 coming, and it is your home course, and you know the shortcuts. All right, let's move on. So thank you, Scotty. Thanks, Greg. Thank you for, all, for listening, and uh, have a great Mother's Day and beyond. We'll try not to wait so long to do the next one. Good night, everybody. Bye-bye.